Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1201, air date March 27th, 2023. All right, John, uh, and everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Iger. I want to welcome everyone to our second town hall and our open house that we do each Thursday. Many of you know, a couple of weeks ago, I announced uh, that uh, our movement is, uh, uh, is going on a much more different level with my announcement for president of the United States. And this announcement is particularly important because um, our run, and I say it's our run for U.S. president, is completely different than all the other people who are involved. All of them are top-down uh, billionaires representing the elite or backed by billionaires. This is the only uh, race that is founded by people bottoms up. And this is extremely important for people to understand because it is only a bottoms-up movement by the people for the people, in not only in words but in deeds, that is fundamentally going to change the disaster that the United States is on. And why is this important? Because the world typically follows the United States on a, anywhere between a five to 10 year lag. And so I want to share with you, and I'm going to keep repeating this throughout the campaign, this one singular graph, which undeniably shows that all of the elites in academia, media, politics, Hollywood, entertainment, all should be, um, are all culpable. They're all indicted by this graph and what it's, um, actually done to the people of the United States, and none of them should be given any um, excuse out of it, no matter what words they say. We have to start recognizing that the words of these people never match their deeds, and for far too long, they have brainwashed people to accept, absolve these people of their crimes when their words don't match their deeds. They've uh, uh, made people think that it's absolutely okay that your words don't match your deeds. And so we're gonna talk about that today, but I wanna begin by sharing this very, very singular graph that makes this uh, absolutely apparent. So it's not some theoretical theoretical uh, position, but it's actually something quite real, all right? So let me share that with you right now. And um, some of you may have seen this, but it's a repetition as a mother of skill. So it's very important to share this over and over and over and over again, okay? So let's begin. So what you're seeing right here is a graph that starts around 1980. And this graph is done by one of the biggest establishment healthcare companies. And this graph on the x-axis goes from around 1980 to around, in this thing, around uh, uh, 2016, 2018. And it shows the lifespan or the, uh, the life expectancy uh, of different nations. And what you see here is every gray line here, every gray line here, including the red line here for the United States, uh, is the life ex predicted life expect expectancies of point in time in a year. So 1980, the life expectancy of people in the United States was around a uh, little bit less than 74. That of the rest of the world was around you know, a little bit more than 74. And what you can see is a gray line here is the average of all those life expectancies, okay? 
So the gray line, if you take all the industrialized nations, by the way, we're looking at the industrialized, quote unquote, developed nations. And that gray line represents the averaging of that. But every little line, I think this is Japan and this could be Germany. And here's the U.S. So what do you see here? What you see here is around 1980, around 1984 in that period, the United States life expectancy goes in a completely different direction than the rest of the world. And remember, the United States has the highest GDP in the world, is the most powerful, quote unquote, the most powerful military uh, uh, country in the world um, with about 300 million people. And the rest of the world is continuing on this trend and the United States is going on this trend. And this, and then you start this decline around 2014 here. Now, why am I showing you this graph? Think about what this graph is showing. That the life expectancy, the United States was built on the premises of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this is showing that the United States is going wackadoodle in a completely different direction where the rest of the other nations are going in this forward direction like this. So we're looking at life expectancy. As many of you know, since as a systems biologist, um, as a scientist um, who dedicates his life to doing scientific research every day, in addition to doing engineering, in addition to building companies, what that line tells me is that the immune systems, because as you know, the immune system of your body is the operating system when it's working fine, your body works well. And when, you're, when your immune system is whacked, you are prone to nearly every disease imaginable. Cardiovascular disease, uh, you know, um, uh, every, 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 all the major diseases. It, because the operating system of your immune system is based on many, many principles, one of them being the concept of inflammation, okay? Uh, your body doesn't have the proper shock absorbers, right? to take on a hit and be resilient. So one of the important principles that you learn when you study system science, and that is what we teach in our program that I've built over many, many years. If you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you will learn that as a scientist, as an engineer, I painstakingly uh, built a, a, a foundational course that I used to teach at MIT that now um, we, we bring it to everyone in the world. And that course is basically John, everything all right? That course is based on the science of systems, okay? The science of systems teaches you one of the most important principles of every system in the universe that determines that that system is weak or strong. And you may want to write this down as one word you can bring everything down to called resilience. R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E, -E -E, resilience. The resilience of a system really determines its strength or weakness. What do I mean by resilience? Well, a resilient system is a system that can take a hit and it can come back, okay? That's what a resilient system can do. A resilient system can take a hit and it bounces back. Think about if you have a tree in your yard, a big wind comes, a, a strong tree will, will bow and it'll come back, right? A tree that's brittle will just snap, all right? A, a structure like a bridge, many of the uh, buildings and structures we build in civil engineering have a little sway to them so they don't crack, okay? Um, so resilience is, is the most important aspect of every system. Your body is a system. And if your body is resilient, it can take a hit and it bounces back. 
It doesn't just break. Over the years in the United States, people's bodies have been made to become weaker and weaker and weaker. And that's what that graph shows. That means this will be the first generation or the, the last generation, this one, that is going to live less than their parents. Now, think about what that means. This is what these politicians, these celebrities, these talk show hosts, these scientists have delivered the American people. All of them are culpable. I repeat that. All of them. And that's what's powerful about this graph. And what's also important to understand is they have not shared this graph. None of these people on the campaign, they'll talk about everything else. All right. They'll talk about transgenderism. They'll talk about, you know, um, uh, you know, the fake news media. And you can keep going. But they will not bring attention to this fundamental reality because this implicates all of them. So they have over a year since starting in 1980, the policies, not the individuals, but the policies of Democrats and Republicans and all of these corrupt individuals from the Kennedys to the Reagans, to the Bushes, to the Carters, to the Clintons, uh, to the Obamas. All of these people have contributed to this, including all the major presidents of all the colleges, all the entertainers, all the major news media companies. All of them have done this because they don't give a damn about working people. They don't give a damn about the suffering of working people. This is by design. They want to destroy particularly the working class in the United States. And I would argue particularly the working class men in the United States, who, if you think about it globally, the United States has a Bill of Rights, and it is men in this country and women who fought for these rights particularly post-World War, during World War II and after that. And what you see is the destruction of the American working class. That's what that graph reflects. And I don't give a damn what Robert F. And Kennedy says. He's a bullshitter. He's contributed to this, as we'll talk about. Tucker Carlson, bullshitter. Elon Musk, bullshitter. These are the three false gods that the establishment is putting forward at this point in history, and they put forward other false gods to take away, to distract us from this graph. Now, why do I say this graph is important? Well, over time, they've destroyed the health, the resilience of the American people. Is it, is it one thing? No, it's many things. It is the fact that the entire academic system of science is corrupt. You don't get real science anymore. As I shared before, a professor at University of Minnesota photoshopped like a second-year-old kid graphs and images which completely took the entire alzheimer's research for the last 16 years where 3.2 billion dollars were spent on fraudulent data and all these professors were were part of it nothing has happened to that professor that's one example of academic uh corruption we've seen in media when real things occur when independent people like myself bring it out these people stay silent until two, three years later. As I use the word fucker Carlson, and I use that because that's what he should be branded, because he stayed silent during the pandemic. He stayed silent during the election fraud systems. He stayed silent when we discovered the backdoor portals to Twitter. And then he starts talking about it two years later. And now he wants us to believe that he's some saint fighting for truth. No. Elon Musk was nowhere to be found, as our video talks about 
when we were in the in the trenches for the last two years fighting for free speech. These people are false gods. And the reason freedom is important is without freedom, you don't get to science. You don't get truth. You don't talk about the real stuff at the right time. Now, let me just watch watch what happens when a quote unquote a pandemic hits. Look what happens because of the lack of resilience, the obesity, the weakened immune systems. This is what happens when a quote unquote pandemic hits. The rest of the world doesn't get perturbed that much. But look what happens to the United States lifespan. It drops even more drastically. This is what the Democrats and Republicans, again, all of these misleaders, all of these false gods are delivered. And again, our campaign is the only campaign which will discuss this. All right. So the rest of the world is going in that direction. The United States is going this direction. Now, to those of you from different parts of the world, don't think you're absolved either because all other countries follow U.S. policy. In about 10 years, the other countries are going to go in this direction, too. And when you think about this difference, people think voting for the lesser of two evils is going to get you somewhere. But this is precisely what happens when you vote for the lesser of two evils. You get this pattern. You get weakened immune systems, and you end up in a condition where the American working class is literally being destroyed, literally dying off. And when you think about this, what's the solution? Are you going to vote for the lesser two evils? Are you going to keep doing the most? Uh, and that's called insanity, right? When you keep doing things over and over again, expecting a different result. But that is what the media, that is what the brainwashing has done. In this election coming right now, they make us invisible, but we will go door to door. But regardless of what they do, our movement has gotten the word out to a couple of 200, 300, 400 million people globally because of all those videos we did because we pounded the pavement on our own. But yet even now, they will promote Biden. They'll promote this fool Kennedy, complete fraud or Trump. But they are so fearful of our movement that they will plagiarize stuff from us, take sound bites. But they are the lesser of two evils. And if you keep voting for the lesser of two evils, you get this. And it's no different than Charlie Brown running to think Lucy's not going to, you know, uh, take away the ball. But it keeps happening over and over and over again. And you get that result. So if you are an engineer, if you're a worker, if you're a, a mother running a household, you have to take this very seriously. This is a result. What would you do? Are you going to keep doing the same thing over and over again? No, you got to change. And what has led to this curve? And I'm going to walk you through the diet. It's not any one thing. So please don't say, oh, my God, it's a vaccine. No, nope, that's not what it is, because this stuff was going on way before this. Right. Look at that. It's not just the vaccines. It's not any one thing. It's a multitude of interconnected things. And this is what system science teaches us. Well, healthcare. They've destroyed the immune system. And most of these fools don't even know what that means. They've destroyed the environment. How hard is it to get healthy foods? It is extremely difficult to get healthy foods. Education. Students are not learning real science. You get fake science and you get fake news. And on top of that, if there's truth, it's always delayed truth. You never get the right truth at the right time. Innovation. Our children, people have the inability to solve problems. They don't even know how to frame a problem because they don't have the science of systems to help them see the whole. We have corrupt leaders across the board. And the people who present themselves as leaders 
many times they're false gods created to bring people back into the establishment. That's called the not so obvious establishment. And then when it comes to the economy, the average American has only has $400. 80% of Americans have only $400 for a rainy day. They're running on a shoestring budget. And you have massive income inequality. 600 billionaires escalated their growth by $2.3 trillion during the pandemic. And people like Robert F. Kennedy were for lockdowns because, oh, my God, the lockdowns are saving uh, the climate. That's what he did. And yet now he steals our material and tries to refashion himself. He's an example of a corrupt leader. He's an example of someone who helped destroy immune systems. But he lives in Malibu and he gets all the fresh foods he wants. But you have to look at this as a systems problem. Donald Trump just does, I can guarantee you, he just doesn't eat pizza and McDonald's all day. He eats grass-fed, pasture-raised, organic foods most of the time. So look at this diagram. All of those individual things, the destruction of healthcare, the economy, the governance, the innovation, the education, and the environment have contributed to stress. Now, why is stress important? Because if you go back to this graph, and you consider what I'm saying, having been a researcher in the immune system and longevity research, the number one reason that people live long, the number one reason that people live long, you know, next week, I'm going to be um, uh, doing some scientific work, visiting one of the blue zones in Sardinia, where people live over 100 years. The number one reason people live long is because they don't have stress, because they have community and friendships loving families, strong relationships. All of that's destroyed in America. We've put soldiers to go fight wars, poor working people. We bring them back to our communities. One soldier with PTSD affects 100 members in their community. And this started with Vietnam. It started us invading other countries, brought to you, starting with John F. Kennedy, and so on. We have taken these working class people, put them in environments sent 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds to go massacre other people for imperialism to profit a few. And those people get brought back here and their lives are destroyed and they affect 100 other people. That's one factor. The agriculture in this country is completely destroyed with pesticides and GMOs. It is Hillary Clinton who is one of the biggest pro-GMO Monsanto people. Robert Kennedy endorsed her three times. Not once, not twice, three times. And remember that. And you won't hear that on mainstream media, but you'll hear it here. And it's important that we get that out because he is one of the false gods being prepared by the elites to manipulate people because people are becoming more and more anti-establishment and they're trying to present him as some false god. Big Pharma. Big Pharma doesn't even know how to produce good drugs anymore because all the drugs that they produce have massive side effects because they use a drug development process that is nearly 100 years old. They're not interested in that. And then you have the fact that we have massive big tech censorship still being controlled with the backdoor portal that we discovered that Elon Musk still runs, another false god. He doesn't want to address that question. It's all PR and theater. These are the destructive forces of power, profit, and control, which are antithetical to the forces of truth, freedom, and health. So our campaign is not a campaign to say, oh, when we become president, then we're going to do this. Nah, our campaign is going to offer solutions 
right now. Starting last week, we, we taught people like I've done for many, many years, and we've saved millions of people's lives already. And many of you know this. We're the ones who exposed what was the truth about the vaccines, what was the truth about the immune system. It was this movement that gave people a protocol of vitamin D3, quercetin, zinc. We gave it to Trump. That fool didn't do anything. He promoted big pharma. All right, but our movement saved millions of people's lives. So last week, our program went into effect. What is our program? Let's talk about our program. Our program is not one of talk, but where actions actually match deeds. Well, this is our program. This is our platform. But I'd rather say it's not just a platform of talk. It's something, it's about services citizenship. We, our, our healthcare program is very simple. Strengthen your immune system. That's it. And we're going to teach people how to do that. We ran our first lecture on May 20th, uh, April 20th. Then environment, we want to, as I'm going to talk about today in our town hall, we want people to eat locally, local healthy foods on a budget. And we're going to show people how to do that tonight. Because when you start connecting with local farmers, when you start learning how to eat properly, when you recognize food as medicine, it opens you up to understand the devastation that they're doing to the environment. And we're not talking about carbon tax, carbon credits. That's what Robert F. and Kennedy talks about. We're talking about the fundamental supply chain that's happened with the food systems. And you're going to learn that. But you have to learn how to take care of your bodies and recognize food as medicine. And we will teach that right now. We're not going to wait to say, and when we become president, I'll do this. No, we're going to do that right now. Next week, you're going to learn the science of systems in a shortened version. Any one of you can go through the Truth, Freedom, and Health program, you know, become a warrior scholar, but I will condense it even further to get people inspired that there is a science where you can see truth from lies, where you can become prescient, where you can become your own guru. That's why we were able to predict all these things. And March of 2020, Robert Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. We were promoting against lockdowns. We were doing lectures against the masks. That bastard was promoting lockdowns. And now he's supposed to be someone fighting for medical freedom? Bullshit. He's a fraud. Innovation. Children need to be made to think. They need to be taught how to think. We have a program for that. I will do that on May 11th. There's called the Seven Secrets of Innovation. The things that I learned as a 14-year-old kid who invented email. It wasn't done by the military. It was done by me. It's black and white. There's not even a controversy on this. And then we're going to Educate you. What are the principles to be leaders in your own community? Stop waiting for these other fools to come help you from above. They're not going to do shit for you. Look what they've already done. We have to stop their damage. We have to destroy them before they destroy us. And they're already destroying us. The economy. People need to learn how to manage your money and prosper. We will teach you that. What is a profit and loss statement for your household? What is a balance sheet? What is cash flow statement? These are three fundamental things every citizen should know. How to be frugal, how to be parsimonious, how to not watch stupid video games and TV shows and buy what Kim Kardashian wants to tell you. We need to get back into these very core fundamental views or values of what it means to be an American. That's what we're going to talk about. So today, we're going to talk about eating locally and healthy foods on a budget. And when was the last time that any presidential candidate actually taught you anything? Never. These guys just make promises. It's always about talk, 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 talk. And they have brainwashed people 
to accept that their talk doesn't have to match their walk. Oh, because why? Because they're different? This is absolutely absurd. And before I go into this talk, I just want to remind you, when we talk about the environment, the big agricultural companies are absolutely destroying the entire food chain through genetically modified foods and the incredible amount of pesticides. The soil ultimately is like your, your gut. In your own gut, you maintain your gut. Everything else happens, a gut-brain axis. We just finished a major work on that. Well, the soil is Mother Earth. You destroy the soil, you destroy everything upstream from that. And that's what they're doing systematically. One way they're doing that is with these massive amounts of pesticide use. The other way is through genetically engineered foods. In 2010 to 14, we did five major research papers showing when you do genetic engineering of food that it actually weakens the plants. Hillary Clinton, I repeat, is one of the biggest proponents of Monsanto, so is Bill Gates. Robert fucking Kennedy voted, endorsed Hillary Clinton three times. Please write that down and hammer that away on social media. He should not be absolved of his crimes. That's what he did. He contributed to that destruction. He runs Children Health Defense Fund and still endorsed Hillary Clinton. Are you serious? And this guy's for medical freedom? These people, words do not match their deeds. In his own home, Robert Kennedy forced everyone had to be vaccinated. And then people are, oh, well, that it was a different vaccine. No, the mRNA vaccine, the COVID vaccine coming into his own home. And then he blames his wife. What kind of man is that? Everyone had to get the mRNA vaccine, which he says is an experimental vaccine and violates the Nuremberg Code. But in his own home, there was medical tyranny. And then he presents himself for medical freedom. Complete scumbag. Elon Musk still has not removed the backdoor portal to Twitter that we discovered. Talks all this stuff, but has not talked about that. It's still active. People are being shadow banned. People are in digital cages now. And Fucker Carlson, where do you want me to begin there? This guy knew about all the stuff in 2020, kept his mouth shut. The reason he's out of Fox News, because the bastard lied. He presented to Americans that he was for fighting election fraud, but internally there's text messages after text messages saying, oh, there is nothing going on. You see what I'm saying? And then now he wants to recreate himself as some fighter for truth. It's all acting, acting, acting. We cannot look above to liberate us. We have to look bottoms up. The future is going to be what kind of leaders you become, not that you wait for. And our movement provides you opportunities to become leaders. We provide training. No one else is doing that, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, no one else is doing that. So our run for president is historic because it is compelling you to become leaders. It is compelling you to get off your butts and stop looking above. Stop asking, well, what does he think? What does he think? The question is, what does Bernardo Bercera think? The question is, what does Mary Stanley think? The question is, what does Ken Fielding think? I care about what you think, not what they think. And that is a shift that's got to take place. So fundamentally, Dr. Shiva for president, our movement for truth, freedom, and health is about raising your consciousness. And if you want to raise your consciousness, truly be a man, truly be a woman, then support our campaign. But you got to get off your butts and you got to stop looking above. 
And you got to stop trying to control people's speech. You cannot control people's anger. Don't tell me when I should curse or not, because you should be cursing at these people. And if you have a problem with that, please get off here. Because either if, if you're a Christian, you have not fully embraced Christ's anger. Christ took the whip multiple times to those money lenders. And our campaign is about getting money lenders out of the temple. And if you claim to be a leftist or quote unquote Marxist, then truly support working people. None of these so-called leftists have any idea of working people. In fact, they don't want people to work. Our campaign will hit the right from the right and will hit the left from the left. That's what we're going to do. But today, let's talk about food. Well, my grandparents is the reason that I was inspired to do everything I do. My grandmother was a poor village farmer, small, you know, they used to grow rice. She used to be out in the fields planting rice with leeches biting at her legs. Every grain of rice was valued. You know, you didn't waste your food. And that was something built in. You valued these farmers who grew this stuff. It was all local. You didn't have to talk about organic. You didn't have to talk about non-GMO because it was all organic and it was all non-GMO. And they used the principles of the earth, seasons. They didn't plant random stuff. Everything was always local. And those principles always existed in the United States, for that matter, throughout the world. So why has it become so difficult to get good food? You send your kids to college. Have you seen the crap they feed your kids in these cafeterias? Have you seen the garbage? People are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these colleges and their kids are getting completely destroyed. Working people, poor people in this country are just being fed sugar and sugar and sugar and sugar and sugar. There was a time when someone big and had a lot of weight on them was considered rich. Here we have a complete inverse. Obese people are actually poor. How did this end up like this? Because you have destroyed the immune system. When you destroy the immune system, when you deliver people a drug called glucose all day, highly refined sugars, you're completely destroying everything, the stack above it. But it is so difficult to get clean, wholesome, local foods, isn't it? Why? How did all of this happen? It happened because of all of those politicians, all of those Hollywood people, all of those media people, all of those academics, all of them. They are responsible. You can blame someone, them. Now, when it comes to us, well, first of all, we have to start going to people from below. Guys like me who came from below, who earned everything I have. Robert Kennedy has never earned anything. He was a heroin addict. If you were a heroin addict and you came from the backgrounds that we all come from, you'd probably be in jail and you'd probably be destitute. Well, they gave him the opportunity to do community service. Then he gets to be another Kennedy as though he's the one who's going to serve us. Bullshit. Again, a false god from above. But when you look at food and you recognize food is medicine and it is so difficult to get good food, healthy food, it should awaken you. How did we get here? And it should awaken you that we're not going to wait for them. The good news is there are farmers, people who actually enjoy making food. They actually love it. And we should be supporting those people. And let's talk about how we can support those people. Let's really get into this. First of all, 
let's consider why should we buy healthy food and particularly locally grown food from these people? There's a couple of benefits. First of all, there's health benefits, which we'll talk about, community benefits, there's cost benefits, all right? So there's three things and there's many others, but community benefits, health benefits and cost benefits. The community benefits. It's very, very important, as I mentioned, in these blue zones that they have found, the number one reason people live long is because of communities. Our movement is trying to reestablish communities. We have a global group of hundreds of millions of people know about our movement. Over nearly 400,000 people have connected with our movement. And we have leaders emerging. All of these people are volunteers, bottoms up. And all of this is supported by you, for you but community benefits. Well, first of all, um, when you buy, so I wanna go, so just to give you sort of the mapping out of what I wanna talk about is first of all, what are the benefits, the health benefits, the community benefits and the cost benefits. Then I wanna talk to you about what are the challenges to getting locally grown food. And I wanna talk about how you can buy this food. And then we're gonna end with giving people some practical advice and how you can make this affordable, all right? because we have to make it affordable. Again, no presidential candidate, as I know, has ever taught this, but I think it's important to teach this. So let's begin. Community benefits. Well, first of all, if you look at most of the food that you get today, it's, 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 you, you're typically getting it in big food chains, and the food is coming from typically about 1,500 miles away, or even more, right, for that food to come to that grocery store. And any of the local food that or the, the, the grocery store food that you're getting, most of it is being picked, you know, much, much earlier than it's ever, uh, it's not ripe foods, right? So it, the entire ripening process, uh, some of these foods are injected with, with different materials or they're put in certain uh, types of environments to make them ripe faster, but they're not going through the normal ripening process of its foods. Let's say you're talking about uh, vegetables and fruits. When you talk about meats, from the time the food is butchered to the time it comes to you, there's also a big lag. One of the important things we need to understand is that there are things called histamines. Histamines are a chemical that are allergic to people. The, there's more than enough evidence. The fresher the food, the lesser the histamines, particularly meats. So you have this very unfortunate situation that because of the large food chains, you have a situation that the food that you're getting is not going growing, going through its natural process. In fact, most of the food that you get today when you go to those stores doesn't even smell. It has no fragrance. Has anyone noticed that? Most of these foods have no fragrance. You should just go to a local village somewhere and smell the foods. When you walk into some of these, you actually the, the, the food actually smells. The apple smells, the, the tomato smell. Most of these foods don't even have any smell because they're going through a very, very different biological process. And, and when, when, from a biological standpoint, the nutrients, the chemistry of those foods is very, very different. The other piece is most of those foods are coming from this entire large farming structure, this large farming infrastructure where the topsoil and the minerals in those foods have been depleted. Why are minerals important? If you study the biological system, which I spend day in and day out doing, minerals are critical for your body to produce everything beyond that, including vitamins, including all the different hormones, et cetera. Minerals are key. 
In the United States and in the world right now, one of the most important minerals is iodine. There was a time when the iodine we used to consume used to be about 100 times more than what we get. Why is iodine important? Iodine controls one of the most important organs in your body called the thyroid. The thyroid is important for pretty much every other circadian process in your body. It's, it's, a, it's one of the master controllers. And also the thyroid is important because it helps convert the, the dark, leafy, uh, green, and the purple you know, vegetables into vitamin A. Why is vitamin A important? Well, vitamin A protects your cells. And as we've talked about, vitamin A, vitamin D, these are very important things for the immune system. So are the, the big factory farms have depleted the mineral base. So when you're buying from these large stores, it's not, you're spending a ton of money, you're getting foods that are not in season, you're getting foods that have ripened and gone through a process, which is not a natural process. So the food is essentially depleted in nutrients. So it's a very, very important thing to understand from a health standpoint, that these products are not what they are. And from a community standpoint, you are helping when you buy local, you're helping your local community. You know the person. Most of these people run local farms are doing it because they want to do it for the right reason. They're on the same resonance as you. So that's one of the community benefits. You get to see people. You get to see other people. If you go to your local farm, you actually get to go see the food. Okay. And if you go to your local farmer's market, we'll talk about that. You get to meet other people. So the important thing is by you buying there, you're actually supporting two things. You're supporting these individuals. You're supporting an economic system where the money stays locally. You're also helping create a much more resilient food system because it's local, it's decentralized. So think about those community benefits from your standpoint. You're uh, putting, uh, uh, you know, funding locally. But most importantly, you're going to get better food, okay? Because most of those foods are in season. So you have to adjust your habit that you start eating by the seasons and you start getting food that's locally grown. And from a environmental impact, you want, we want to talk about real environmental impact, not this climate change scam. Ultimately, pollution is a real issue that none of it's being addressed. You're reducing less pollution because you're just going there and getting it, you know, um, from a pollution standpoint. So just think about that. Let's talk about the health benefits, okay? The health benefits are, as I mentioned, that you're, first of all, you're getting food that's been harvested within hours, right? Before you purchased or days. And that means it's riper and it's more mature. And unlike the traditional centralized factory farm produce, it's not picked green like months before it lands. I mean, if you buy fr some fruits right now, they have to, you have to wait until they ripen and ripen. God knows, you know, what the nutrient density is of those foods. And the other piece is you're supporting a much more diverse farming system and what do I mean by that? When you buy local foods, the, the typical large factory farming, everyone produces the same carrot. Everyone is producing the same, you know, kale. Everyone's, there's varieties of fruits and vegetables that most people are forgotten about. Even if you look at a carrot or any of these yams, there's many, many varieties, but you're getting what's called monocropping. Everyone is sort of producing the same 10 vegetables from the same X number of farms. So from a nutrient density profile, it's very, very important to eat a variety of foods. And many of these local farms are producing a lot of different variety. It's not monocropping. It is a diversity of foods. So diversity is very, very important to create resilience in the body. All right. The other piece is 
that many of these local food systems, this is important to understand, are, are many of them are, are actually are organic. And you have to, you can have that discussion with them. However, many of the large factory farms get the USDA organic logo and they have to pay a tremendous amount of money to the government to get that, all right? And in addition, the locally grown farms, if they're, most of them make a lot of effort to do it well, their soil health is better, they have lower pesticide re uh, residues and they're done with less pollution. So it's important to understand that if you talk to these farmers, many of them, because of the USDA organic, they make it so difficult and so expensive, though they may not have that organic seal, if you talk to them, you'll find out, oh yeah, I use organic manure. I use, um, you know, I, I, I do a lot of stuff to till the soil. You'll find out they're actually many ways better than organic, though they don't have the seal. But again, you have to have that discussion with them, okay? So that's from the health standpoint. The cost benefits. Well, this is a very interesting area because some people may believe that the cost is actually expensive. It, buying local from local farms is more of an elitist, elitist event. And in fact, there are certain things that are more costly, but when you take it from a larger perspective, from the cost of, to your health, it's actually cheaper. Now, much of the farmer's market produce, as I mentioned, is organic. Um, and it's typically... 40% cheaper than the organic sold in the grocery stores. So that's one of the important benefits. If you talk to them, it is organic. It's produced according to tradition. They may not have the seal, but it's going to be 40 to 50% cheaper than the, than the, than the uh, stuff that you get in the grocery stores, which has the organic seal on it. The other thing is the shipping. You know, most of the big guys have to ship everything. Uh, here you have very little to no shipping, but Again, the limitation is you're getting seasonal food. So you have to change your habit a little bit there. The other benefit is most of the produce, produce, um, um, you know, the traditional groceries, this is not a benefit, is, is year round. But when you sh shop at a local store, again, it you, you, you're getting it what's in season, all right? Obviously, the, the other aspect, which is also important from the cost benefit, is your own travel, right? If you're going locally, and typically you'll find at farmer stands, you'll find out in some open parking lot, you can typically walk to these. Obviously, there's some savings you're getting from it by physically going there, less transport time. But it also is an opportunity uh, for you to uh, lower your cost because you have the opportunity to talk to these people and build a relationship with them. They start knowing you. When you buy something off a of grocery food, you don't know who the farmer is. You start to build a relationship with these people. And as I'll talk about, this becomes important because if you're together with other people, you can make deals with these people to sometimes buy stuff in bulk or wholesale, all right? But most importantly, there's not 10 different layers. When you buy an apple at a grocery store, there's the apple, there's a retailer, there's a distributor, there's the guy who wholesaled it to the distributor, and then you get to the farmer. There's five levels of in-between middlemen. When you're going to one of these local, you're seeing the person who actually produced the food, okay? So it's, from a supply chain standpoint, you're speaking directly to the supplier. There's a lot of benefits to that. All right, so those are really uh, uh, many of the cost benefits. Let me talk to you about the challenges. People say, well, I'm strapped for time, right? It's easier to just to click on uh, Amazon or et cetera, buy something. Sometimes if you're in a city, it's hard to find the farms. But one of the more biggest challenges is this means you have to change old habits. 
you have to, many people have gotten used to the convenience of getting grocery store items. People have gotten into the old habit of being in front of our iPhones and this habit needs to change. So that would, I would probably say separate from the strap for time, the biggest thing is changing this habit. But that habit change means that you are making a decision to become part of your local community. And by the way, buying local does not mean buying at Whole Foods. It does not mean buying stuff that just has a certified organic seal on it. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. So what does, so how do you buy, how do you buy these locally grown foods? One of them is you can go to farmer's markets and you have to, and there's a, a very good website. You can search for local farmer's markets and I'll put that up shortly. Sometimes you're driving along, you'll see these roadside stands There are people who grow. They don't have, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, infrastructure to go uh, sell it to a grocery store. So they'll do it locally. Many times you'll find good foods there, but again, you have to be aware of them. The other important thing on when, how to buy is if you go to one of these farmer's markets, the trick there is to go really early because they have a lot of stuff and they want to sell them, or you want to go towards the end. If you go towards the middle, they're dealing with a lot of people. But if you go early or you go towards the late, at the late end, they, they need to offload their producer. When, they're er, when you're early, they're concerned if they're going to sell anything, um, if they're going to sell their items, right? So you have an advantage there. It's also important to start buying the fruits and vegetables, you know, when, when it's in their peak season or when they're doing the butchering. So you have to do a little bit of research on that because when you buy it in the peak season, that's when you're going to get the lowest prices. Other trick here is to have cash. It's very important if you, you know, yes, many of these farmers markets have the Apple stuff, but if you have cash, it's one of the best money saving tips because when you carry cash, um, um, you, um, even though they have the Apple register system, many of them like, uh, still prefer cash and the, and having cash also helps you make sure you only spend what you have on hand. Sometimes people go to these farmers market and they start buying a ton of stuff and with their credit card, but they don't really think about what they're buying and what they, what they need. So let me talk about, um, uh, you know, there are farmer stands, there are farmers markets where you can buy, but there's also something called community supported agriculture. You probably know them. It's the short term is known as CSAs, CSA programs. And what CSA are, they're for groups of people, right? So you can buy products from a local farm. So you can Google in your local area called CSAs. And typically a CSA comes for vegetables or fruits or even meats. So what they'll do is you pay a monthly amount of some monthly amount, let's say 25, 50 bucks, and they will automatically bundle a set of vegetables for you or a set of fruits for you. You play flat monthly fee all year round, or they will give you different array of cuts of meats. And it's very nice because you're supporting a set of farms or one farm, and you're getting an array of diverse vegetables, fruits, and these things called, you know, diverse meats. And you can look around locally, and I'll put one of the websites up shortly for you to see that. The other piece here when you're buying is if you're in, if you have a large family, um, you may want to get, you can look on eBay or you look on Craigslist, but you may be able to get your own larger refrigerator and you can go to these people and you can, uh, again, because you're meeting with them directly, you can get anywhere between 15 to 20, sometimes 30% discounts if you buy in bulk or wholesale. And some of the stuff can be frozen. So how do you make this affordable? Well, first of all, 
plan, you know, like old school, you make a list. A lot of people, if you open up your refrigerator right now, you'll probably see a lot of food that you didn't even eat. It's sitting in the back, it's down in the, in the and it's just rotting. So part of this exercise here in raising consciousness is to take the food that you buy with a little bit of reverence and not overbuy and use the food that you have. So one of the important things is to plan, make a list. What do you like to eat? And that part of that, that making the list is to see what's in season. And please don't buy stuff that you already have. Eat the stuff that you have, move it into the front of the fridge and make sure you start eating that. It gets you being frugal. It gets you being conscious. It gets you being understanding what's in season. And most importantly, you don't want to be wasteful. I mean, food comes from the earth and we should value that. You know, when I was in India recently, um, when you go out to eat, right, the food is always freshly made. Even if you go to a restaurant, it's coming very local always. And I took a team of our, uh, some of my friends out to eat. And these are people with very, you know, it's not like they have a ton of money. And I remember the rice coming out and people had some meat with rice. And people typically make sure they eat every grain of rice. It's not like they're famished, but it's, and I, and one of the guys who was doing this, he says, you know, my parents and my grandparents are rice farmers. I know how much effort it takes to get that one grain of rice. So we have to build this consciousness that it's not eating and wasting food, that it gets you into being frugal if you plan. The other thing is when you go to these far, mar, farmer's markets, you can search for deals of the day because they have certain foods that are ripe that they need to get out. Um, and so you can talk to them and really figure out what they want to push. Again, as I, as I mentioned, you want to, you want to go either the end of the day or you want to go early. Um, make a budget. You know, the CSAs are anywhere between 25 to 30 bucks a week. Now, separate from all of this, another profound way that you could also get locally grown food is you may want to grow your own. And growing your own means you may want to learn how to do a little bit of gardening. And again, here, you don't want to go crazy and start growing everything. One of the things is you may want to find the key three or four or five items that you like to grow. Start it in a pot if you want to grow a greenhouse. But that's the other way that you can also grow foods and share it with your friends and family. But in conclusion, there are multiple benefits, health benefits, better, richer, uh, actually truly more organic food, the community benefits, you're getting to meet other people, the cost benefits. And from a consciousness standpoint, you're reconnecting with where the food comes up. If you have family and you have children, this is a huge opportunity for them to actually understand that uh, an apple actually grows on a tree. It's, it doesn't, it's not it doesn't come in Amazon. A lot of kids are growing up in an environment and I'm not sure they even know where their food comes from. So you're doing a service to people, to your friends and your family. But I, I would say when you step back and you look at this entire process here and we go back to what we're talking about here and you go back to this curve, those in power are not going to treat food as medicine. They're into, into treating food as a commodity, sell as much of it you, you, you can and there's no interest in health. So the reason we wanted to do this lecture here today is to follow on of what we did last week to say, yes, that you have to take care of your immune system. But when you start eating locally and you start budgeting for food, you start having a reverence for food, you start appreciating that food is medicine, you're supporting a local economy, you're reconnecting with people. But most importantly, what you're doing is that you're taking care of your health. And you're not waiting for the government to do something. And you're supporting and fueling these local economies.
So that's what I wanted to share with you today. We'll open it up to questions. John, do you want to stop the stream or do you want to keep it going, John? Um, whatever you want. If you well, want to keep what we can do is we can keep the stream going and we'll take questions and then we'll close it. So, uh, and then, because we have to go back to our town hall here. Let's talk about any questions about this. Any questions? John, is there any questions on StreamYard? Okay, so Chad has a question. Let's go, Chad. Chad, Estel, go ahead, Chad. By the way, there's a, um, John, you can read any of the comments on StreamYard, um, but go ahead, Chad. Um, tremendous, uh, just really great information that you just presented. Um, totally great. Um, I just <laughs> I just want to affirm with the injection, this is the best way to go local, buy local. I totally agree. Uh, so it's more of a I'm a affirming, I'm in agreement, and I thank you. You're welcome. One of the things to recognize, Chad, is, um, you know, when I was living out in, in Malibu and Hollywood, all those elites, you know, they have all these little local ways that they eat. You see what I'm saying? And what's funny is those same elites who eat locally, they all invest in big ag companies like Monsanto and Big Pharma, right? That's where their cash is coming in for them. But they eat locally, right? They take care of their health. So it's really, really important you know, as part of our movement for Truth, Freedom, Health, we're teaching people to eat locally. We want to support our local farmers. And again, Chad, if you talk to these people who are local farmers, many of them struggle, but they really keep their local farms going. So you're really supporting them. You know, you're, it's a direct way you're supporting them. Uh, it's, it's a financial way you're supporting them. So it's, it's a very powerful way. You're making a political statement by doing that. Thanks. Go Thank ahead, you. Rudy. Rudy uh, Ferrari, Dr. Rudy. Hi, Dr. Shiva. I just, I just wanted to share. I, I uh, no longer live in the farm, but, but I manage a uh, local, I guess, a local farm. Uh, we, we are coffee farmers. That's where I came from. That's where I grew up. And we bought a plot of land probably seven years ago for coffee. Uh, we don't use any pesticides. We dump tons of organic um, material um, every month anything we can get our, our hands on. Um, we put back different things, calcium things. And obviously we test our land once a year, sometimes more. And even though we've been doing this for seven years, our magnesium is incredibly low. Our pH is too high. Um, uh, we've got deficiencies, I think in phosphorus and boron, I'd have to check, but it's just really hard as, as a farmer to get that, that those nutrients back into land. And, and we're talking coffee, you know, these are coffee beans. They don't require a ton of, uh, you know, they're not potatoes or carrots, but I just wanted to share that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I think what's happened, where'd Rudy go? Rudy, what's happened is that this process of the soil depletion, right. Has occurred over a period of time. It's not going to happen overnight. So, and those, the big ag guys have no interest in doing this overnight. Um, and the super wealthy people have enough lot of capital that they do their, you know, little farms and, you know, the billionaires have their farms and Bill Gates has his farms. 
Hillary Clinton does not eat Monsanto foods. I can guarantee you on that. She's eating biodynamic organic foods. One of the things I wanted to share with everyone was um, back in 2012, 2014, we, again, running everything else we do out of because we believe service to citizenship, we took our technology Cytosolve. Uh, many of you know I created a technology to mathematically model molecular pathways on the computer. I had hoped, and if you look at the entire pharmaceutical process, whatever they develop, they just kill animals and then they test on humans. When I first developed this, my professor and I at MIT thought, wow, pharma would actually want to use this because we could determine stuff that's not going to kill people way ahead. And in fact, they had no interest in using this. You know, in fact, um, we, we did some modeling exercises for some of the big pharma guys, but then, then when they saw how good Cytosol was, they weren't interested in it because they knew that we would find stuff that a lot of their stuff didn't work. Um, so a lot of the work we do is to, because of my interest in natural products, we use Cytosol to really identify at the molecular systems level. We use the computer so we don't have to kill animals. But one of the things we did, this was the, a series of the fifth paper that we did uh, sixth paper in a series um, that we published was we conclusively showed that when they genetically modify, uh, in this case, soy, which is one of the most predominant things in the United States, um, uh, food crop that's given to animals and corn, et cetera, that when they modify the soy with the genetic insertion, that it actually produces plants which have less glutathione. Glutathione is one of the most important um, antioxidants for all life. Your body, as you age, your glutathione levels go down. If you eat certain foods, you beef up your glutathione. Plants need glutathione to survive. Under drought conditions, glutathione levels go low and then they come back up. What we discovered was when they do the genetic engineering of plants, particularly with the Roundup Ready soy that Monsanto does, it actually makes the plant weaker. It's no different than a bodybuilder taking steroids. You know, their testicles shrink in some sense, So, which they do. Um, so when they give these plants, uh, when they genetically modify soy in this case, the plant actually is weaker. And if they plant the seed, the plant can get attacked by the soil organisms. So first of all, they create a genetically modified soy to survive Monsanto's pesticides, Okay. And then they have to put neonicotinoids around the seed to survive because it's a weaker plant and the neonicotinoids affect the bees. Okay, the bees can't find their way home. So it's a complete farce. But the reason um, this paper is important is because what we showed in this paper, and we did it with a couple of our colleagues, Michael Hansen and John Fagan, um, is that what we showed was that, um, and I'll take you to the punchline here. So again, we've modeled all these biochemical processes, all right? And using our technology, which we did as a, as a service uh, to the world. But what we discovered was that, and this is sort of the important thing right here. You will see that what we discovered was that our mathematical analysis said an organic soy has 9.7 levels of glutathione and the Roundup Ready, the genetically modified soy seed is 3.9. So this was our prediction right here from doing our mathematical analysis. And we were attacked viciously saying, oh, this is a mathematical model, it doesn't mean anything. We were very fortunate because um, we found researchers in London in Leeds who had actually grown soy plants in a greenhouse and they had found the same results. 
the Roundup Ready soy has far less glutathione. All right. So Cytosolve is a very powerful engine that we use for all sorts of stuff. By the way, when I started exposing Kennedy as a scumbag, Kennedy couldn't stand the heat. He said that I'm a vaccine maker and Cytosolve is a vaccine company. Unbelievable. I've tried to sue that guy and he keeps evading service. But that's how the Kennedys are. It's so disgusting. He attacked my integrity and Cytosol we do to help humanity. And he said that I'm a vaccine maker. That's what he put in writing. And I'm going to nail that guy still. Okay. But the point is that what we do, and we've made this a capability, but fundamentally, the genetically engineered foods are making the plants weaker, less glutathione in the plants, less glutathione for you, less antioxidants. So again, that's another reason why that curve is going down. Let's go over to Isaac Gonzalez. Go ahead, Isaac. By the way, after we're done with this, um, when I wrap this up, this town hall, we will go introduce everyone. Go ahead, Isaac. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Um, I thank you so very much for everything that you're doing for everyone. In my opinion, we definitely do need more people like you because otherwise this country is just going to go to, I mean, the direction that we know noticeably are seeing some people are just they probably prefer to cover their eyes and pretend that that nothing is going on it's unbelievable but i truly thank you and i know that you're going to go until the end to truly change this country because if it continues to go this route uh, i i really don't even know but anyhow um one question well i have a few questions but one of them would be um how is it that realistically we can contribute to our local economy the way that you're saying with the farmers because i mean you're well aware oops we lost you uh isaac repeat that isaac, oh, okay so what i'm saying you said we're where, well aware you, oh, oh yeah that uh i mean people is competing with millionaires like large companies i don't want to give any names you said one whole foods and they they literally can destroy small farmers when they want to do something for the community and of course people have this mentality that i rather save a few dollars and go to the big big stores than contributing to small farmers that in reality is going to be way better for their health and you know how the law system works in reality they're not they're not out there to help the small guy they really are not if if people believe that they probably never own a business or a small business they will destroy you. They will do so many things. And one of the other things that you said, Monsanto, he has, they have so many patents on many things that whenever you want to start growing anything, they'll, they'll literally go and destroy you. Whatever investment that you have, they'll go and get rid of you so you don't continue providing something good for the people because they have way many departments that they're in control. Even I can even probably guess that they're in pharmaceutical as well. So they're going to be creating disease so they continue to have all these customers for life. So how is it that realistically we can like create this movement? Because people, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to call them lazy, but they don't want to get involved to, in reality, do something, like really do something. Yeah, so Isaac, you're asking a very important question. And it is a reason that the movement for truth, freedom and health exists. It's a reason I'm running for president. Okay, so um, if you look you're asking a fundamental question, which is a deeper question of how does change take place? The graph that I just shared with you, Isaac, as you will agree that 
If we go the way we're going, it's disaster, right? Your children are going to be living far less lives than you. In the last week, I have heard uh, about five different people talk about friends of theirs who have died under the age of 60. Okay? It's no coincidence. So we're talking about your children and their children dying earlier. So first of all, we have to recognize we need a systems overhaul. All right? We cannot be voting for the lesser of two evils. So this is a consciousness that needs to arise. So once you get there, the ne- so that's why I keep sharing that graph and calling out these people with absolute vehemency because they deserve that. We can't be you know, saying, oh, we have to be nice to these people. No, they're all done. They all should be fired. And we have to have that attitude. The Kennedys, the all of these people need to be fired. Does that make sense, Isaac? So we have to have at least that level of consciousness. Then the next question comes, what is to be done? And how do we do that, right? So once you come to the recognition you need a systems overhaul, how do you do that? And what is to be done? Well, first of all, you should never vote for the lesser of two evils because they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. So you have to break from that. So how does change occur? So the fundamental thing that over the last 50 years that I figured out as someone who was a student of politics I studied every revolutionary revolutionary out there, be it Marx, be it Thomas Paine, be it Che Guevara, everyone I could get a hold of, left, right, I didn't care, right? I wanted to understand the dynamics. And what I discovered was that when you look at the dynamics of political change, you look at the dynamics, you know, I have a book right here, which is called System and Revolution. What is revolution? And what you realize revolution is, which we teach at Truth, Freedom, and Health to our warrior scholars is revolution is when a system is vibrating at a certain frequency and it goes to another frequency. That's called a phase transition in physics. No different than when you have ice, which is you know at zero degrees, right? And when it goes a little bit above zero, right, the ice melts. And at around 212 degrees Fahrenheit, it becomes, right? These are called phase transitions. And what you recognize, Isaac, is that phase transitions occur like that right? It's not like at a certain point, the water becomes steam. It's not like some incremental process over long change. This is what the elites want us to think. Well, you know, change occurs really slowly. You have to just be patient. All right. So first principle you recognize is that change occurs very rapidly when things hit a boiling point. And what does that mean? That means in system science, we call it a self-organizing system. When you have, if you actually look at it, when enough bubbles start moving at a certain, you know, with the kinetics, it starts achieving, you know, goes from water to steam. Well, in system science, that leads to understanding political movements, same phenomenon. And what you realize when you look at the history of human development, it is when we had bottoms up movements, when there was consciousness raising. And you didn't need to convince all people, you needed to have enough people who started raising their consciousness that it essentially at one point it exploded. Okay. It created a reaction. So what we are doing with our movement and the reason I'm running for president is fundamentally to raise people's consciousness. Oh, there's this guy, Dr. Shiva. He came bottoms up. He's not a Kennedy. He's not a Tucker Carlson. He's not, he came bottoms up. He earned everything. And to ask people, why aren't you voting for me? You have right here, one of you. And why aren't you doing that? And, to, and, and the idea is to raise people's consciousness in this process of running for office. We're going to educate people how change occurs. Change has always occurred when you had consciousness raising. 
And how does that consciousness raising occur? Does it just occur? No, you have to organize consciousness raising, which means we've created our movement. We teach people how this consciousness raising occurs. We have to become self-reflective. What I'm sharing with you, you need to become aware. Oh, it occurs when people get on the ground. It occurs during the 1800s when there was a great upheaval. When American working people got on the ground, they didn't listen to their politicians. They didn't listen to top down. They started organizing locally. The Russian revolution was local, right? You start looking at all these revolutionary movements. It was local bottoms up movements. And whenever those bottoms up movements came, Isaac, the elites created false gods top down who who talked the talk of those bottoms up movements, but they existed to hijack those bottoms up movements. And that's what's occurring right now with the Tucker Carlson's with the Kennedys and all these people. They know a renaissance is coming. They know our movement exists, Isaac. So they're planning right now and hijacking. But the difference is you have someone like me in our movement teaching people that they're going to try to hijack the movement. All right. So the first thing is to recognize we need to build consciousness. Consciousness needs to awaken. And we need to build this bottoms up movement. So first thing is People are encouraged to understand this dynamics. Well, we've created that infrastructure. We have a community. We have the courses. We get people on the ground to do stuff. We do lectures like these. But the idea is to educate people that changes always come from below through these self-organizing systems. Without that, Isaac, people will keep always capitulating and compromise. Well, you know, he says this thing. And they will not do, become leaders in their own communities. You see, if you take a system, if you take a a pond, a still pond, if you want to get that a wave happening, you don't have to drop a big rock into it. You can drop five little pebbles at different points and the whole thing will start to move. That's what we're talking about. So our movement, my run for president, is to awaken consciousness so people to understand the power that comes from below. And you have to break from this addiction of voting from top down. You got to let go of these people. They're all fools. They're the ones who cause that curve. So that's the first step is people to recognize we need to build a bottoms up movement, period. And, and the ends and the means have to justify themselves. They, you don't have the means and then the ends are different. This is why they've gotten so used to and we've gotten so used to Isaac absolving them when their walk doesn't match their talk. Oh, well, Bobby had to let those people into his home because his wife. I mean, come on. You don't understand the ridiculousness that they've gotten us brainwashed into. So it's really us. We have to break from this brainwashing. We And in order to do that, you have to have a community, which we have. You have to have intelligence, which pervades that community to understand the science of systems. So that's the first thing that's got to occur. Everything else will come out of that, Isaac. But without that, nothing is going to occur. We'll just keep being on this you know, hamster wheel. And so you look at what occurred between the 1900s to the 1800s to the 1900s, these powerful movements were taking place all over the world. And by the 1950s, the elites realized, oh my God, these people are winning. And if you look at the United States, between 1900 to 1950, when as the GDP grew, everyone's wages grew. There were strong men and women during that period, and the elites got scared. That is when the right wing started branding all those movements as communists. Oh, there must be Marxists run by this bullshit. And then they had the left wing take over those movements, the top down unions. By the 1970s, there were no longer strikes. There were no longer vibrant movements in the United States. Reagan comes in and he shuts down PATCO. It was a complete destruction of the unions. And the left and the right colluded with that. 
we have to go back to these local decentralized bottoms up movements, period. And we just have to commit to doing that. And we have to put our blinders on in some sense and says, this is all noise. We have to get very, very focused. And that is what we do. And the distraction is, well, why don't we do this? The only reason I'm running for president, the number one reason is to give people a real alternative. Start people thinking, wait a minute, this guy's got all the check marks. He's got all the education. He speaks well. You know, he does this. He came bottoms up. Why am I not voting for him? Well, he doesn't have a chance of winning. Well, maybe people need to expand beyond that 1% of their brain and start seeing the possibilities of what happens when people like me do not get elected. What is their future? And that's where we have to move, Isaac. It's consciousness, 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 period. You know, matter precedes thought. I mean, thought precedes matter. You have a thought, you visualize it through energy. Think about anything in your life. It's a thought that created everything around us. Go ahead, Isaac. You had another question? Yes, thank you. So okay. absolutely, I totally agree with you. And of course, that's the way that it should, that it should be for you to uh, pretty much wake people up. And it's at this point, as you can tell, you just put a little fear of, on people and they rather go with the person that they think is going to save them, which it shouldn't be like this. And unfortunately, the way I see it is, of course, the economy, the way we see it, oh, it's, it's really bad, it's really bad. And the government is going to be the one that comes and save you. Therefore, you do as we say, and I don't know yet, you are proof of what happens when you go against government, they will try to silence you at any cost. So imagine when you start creating a movement, when they, they feel threatened by this small group of people, I mean, how do, how do people in well, reality well, so are going to be first, like... So first of all, Isaac, let's, let's look at, uh, there's no more choice people have. If you're a working person, this is where you're headed, okay? So first of all, that graph is central to this. Where does this graph go, all right? People are gonna be dying off at 60 years of age. So the issue is people need to look at that barely. Do they, if you're an adult, if you're a man, if you're a woman, what decisions are you gonna make for your children? And you have to look at this squarely and say, these people have completely sold us out. If you don't have that and you're willing, if you, if you don't believe that and you don't want to look at the data, you're basically committing suicide. You're committing self-genocide. That's where this is at. That's why I shared that graph. The next thing to understand is think about what our movement has already done. We have many victories. It shows, you see, what people don't understand, these people are actually quite weak, Isaac. They're not that strong. They have many, many market forces. They fight among themselves, right? Trump versus whatever it is, right? They're not loyal to themselves. Think about what we achieved in 2020 alone. 300 million people saw my videos wherever I went in the world with this little camera in this little room. We got out our message and we saved millions of people's lives. That tells you that there's market forces which allow us to go through. So it's not like they're all powerful. We, that's a brainwashing. Three, 400 million. I travel wherever random people come up to me. Oh, my God, I saw what they did to you. So that means information disperses. There's a book I used to have here by John McCormack, one of these politicians, and he used to say, people would come to me. He goes, the only power I had was them thinking I had power. That's it. They don't have that much power, Isaac. We got to get over this. They don't have that much power. There's more of us than them. 
And you look at the history of the world, whatever massive change occurred, it's where enough people understood that concept. They're not that powerful. They're actually quite weak. They're degenerate. They don't have any principles. All right. So that's the first thing you have to recognize. Think about what our movement achieved just in 2020 was our movement that exposed the election system stuff. Trump stole our stuff and made money off of it. And we called them out. It was our movement that in March of 2020, we called out the pandemic. That one tweet I did, Robert Kennedy was supporting lockdowns. Now we will expose him. All right. We have huge opportunities right now because as the false gods come out, we have our history of doing actual work and we just have to message it out. And that means the future is offline. So there's we live in an exciting time, right? Because we did all this work and we screwed them and they know we exist. That's why they're scrambling right now. That's why they're creating their false gods. So you have to recognize there's more of us than them. And they are not that strong. All right. They are not. In fact, they're very, very weak. They do a lot of drugs. They have no loyalty. They have no values. They're like that Monsanto seed. Okay. It may look good, but it has no power to it. So they weaken themselves. It's like, you know, in the, in the uh, 1700s, right? When all these royals were screwing each other and they all had hemophilia, they were all inbred. That's where they are. They're not that strong. Yeah, well, uh, as a matter of fact, I totally agree with you. But what I what I meant by them being strong is the ones they are the ones the one in control. For instance, you're even aware many people see Elon Musk as this guy that it's allowing everyone to have freedom of speech when yeah. in reality they still choosing whatever comes out. Oh, well. So it uh. But, but Isaac, check this out. When I got back on Twitter, I hammered him. You saw that over and over and over again. Then they started scrambling, right? That shows that they're not that strong, man. They're not. They had to scramble to shadow ban me. Now, we just need more people doing that. We need more people with vehemency, with courage, calling these people out. That's it. It's over for them. And our movement, our run for president is going to give people that inspiration to do that. And it is consciousness. You know, there's a book I have here by Robert Clive, okay? This guy, Robert Clive, and um, came to India as a bookkeeper in the British, uh, on, a, on the East India Company. He ended up becoming the emperor of India. Did you know that? He was a small bookkeeper. How did he do that? And if you read his life, he just did these acts of pure courage. There's one variable that AI or predictive analytics cannot model. It's called courage. It doesn't come in there. So men need to become men. Where are all the men? Have they gotten, mm -hmm. have they eaten so much Monsanto food that they don't have any testosterone? Where are the freaking men? So let's get a few good men and stop asking these negative questions. What can we do? What can we do? Ooh, you know, I don't know what to do. Like in The Godfather, you know, where Marlon Brando slaps that guy, boo hoo. No, we gotta get over this nonsense. I, I totally I totally agree with you. But uh, as you I mean, as you saw, many people were so afraid of dying. They would cover their faces with this diaper yeah, on their face. Them, they have to respect, but, but I mean, but there were also many people who went through this now, Isaac, who saw yeah. us and who say, yeah, Dr. Shiva, we can trust. He called us out. They didn't have that option before we were there. And that is why our movement and our run is so historic, because typically history, people build these movements and 
the movement we're building should have been done 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Our our parents should have done this. They didn't do it. So we are doing the hard work and doing it. But you know what? We exist. We are calling out a Kennedy. We're calling out a, a Elon Musk. Typically, they would just continue perpetuate the cycle. But you should feel extremely excited and optimistic. The fact that our movement exists and the fact that you now have an opportunity to be a leader or participant and learn this stuff. That's what's powerful. Thanks. Amen. Thanks. I am so, so get involved, man. Get involved. I will. Get involved. I am. As get a involved. matter of fact, I've been for a few years in my life. Believe okay. it or not, I've had my few challenges, but uh, I am in 100%. And Great. you're a true maverick. And what I, the last thing I'm going to say is the same way people saw that this virus spread so rapidly, this way of thinking should be the, the stuff that will definitely take our nation in the different direction. This is what we need to be spread. Not all this fear, not all this nonsense. Exactly. We don't need that. We need truth, freedom, health. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Let's go to uh, Lauren Ellis. Before, um, I want to make sure, uh, so, so to everyone in social media, et cetera, uh, welcome. This is our town hall. We, we are uh, talking to people. So welcome. We're, we, we just did a course on teaching people how to eat uh, local foods, but we're now talking about the movement. Go ahead, Lauren Ellis. Lauren, do you have a question? Lauren, you can unmute yourself. Oh, is that is it unmute? Unmute. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. What's your question, Lauren? <laughs> um, well, I want, first I want to say thank you for everything, and it's you're such an inspiration. I want to say, and I always share your things. And some people listen, some don't. You know, but I think you know. I think what's going to happen is it's all going to the the shit's going to hit the fan. Excuse my English, but. That's okay. um, and I think it is. And I, I envision they're going to come to me, Lauren, now we need him, you know, kind of one of those. But it's okay. It's okay. But I wanted to say something about the, the nutrition thing just real quick. That's kind of a, a light and a nice positive. There's a film I recommend everyone to see. It's called Need to Grow. I recommend to everyone. It's called Need to Grow. Now, this is an amazing, apropos, you were talking about the dirt, you know, and, and, and nutrients, nutrients and everything. Well, the need to grow, this film is amazing. It's so inspiring. I want everyone to see it. It's how you can Google it. It's need to grow is the name of it. It's a documentary. I might bought it. I paid it. All right. But the Thanks. other thing, it, it replenishes. The, and the government shut them down, burn them down, but they have their paperwork. That's all. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks. Thanks You're for welcome. the recommendation. Let's go over to Jill Jones. Jill, go ahead. Jill Jones is from California. Go ahead, Jill. She's one of our leaders in California. Hi, thank you, Dr. Shiva. Um, yeah, it's just really great to hear everything you kind of went over. And um, I just kind of wanted to speak to Isaac's point because I believe that there's this level of intimidation that people experience because of the powers that be. And um, really, Truth Freedom Health is a system that Dr. Shiva has given us that breaks you free of that intimidation. It really gives you self agency and you start to see the world in a different light. And as I've gone through this training, as my peers have gone through this training, we have you know, changed and progressed. And now we don't have to have those kind of negative things that you kind of experience that worry some and that doubt because there really isn't any doubt when we know our direction and we have our resolve. Like Dr. Shiva saying, these people, they are weak. They don't have the kind of resolve and the kind of courage and integrity that the people in this movement do. And we can see the truth, we see what matters, and we are actively changing our communities. People in this movement, these warriors, have gone through this training, they're on the ground, 
They're talking to their communities. So we are making transformations individually within ourselves, but that transformation is also, you know, expanding and that consciousness shift that you desire, Isaac, that is also happening. So we are having this shift in consciousness and people are, are really, you know, experiencing this and the future really is offline as Dr. Shiva says. So we're not gonna be stopped by these powers that be, that should not be, because we are not gonna be limited to one platform or one area. We are, we are a massive worldwide movement. And when you get involved, you're gonna experience that same empowerment and you're gonna be able to touch people. And there's a lot of room for innovation and entrepreneurship because yes, there's lots of people, they like the convenience, they can just click an app on their phone and have something right there. Well, you can innovate something, bring something to them so that you can make eating local convenient to them. You can organize things together. And this is going to give you all the tools to begin that and to sh shift our nation and our world into a better place. So really, it's a great time. We should be very motivated and we should grasp this opportunity and we must work hard with determination because the change is here and we are the change and we will be effective. Thank you, Jill. Beautifully articulated. To Jill's point, let me just share with you, when we talk about we've created the solution, it is accessible to all people. The slogan is get educated or be enslaved. And that's a truthfreedomhealth.com. And if you go there, there's not any one piece of this. And John played the video for you, why Truth Freedom Health. But fundamentally, you realize that we have about, you know, 360,000 people globally, 95 different countries. And as you go, you know, Jill's stories here, but the stories of transformation we have your everyday people who are recognizing uh, that you have to overcome this nonsense of thinking that they're so powerful that once you understand these principles, it's very easy to apply to your body, to your society, to everything. The other important thing is we have many, many victories. And this is really important because people think these people are so strong. I mean, you look at our background, we, we have victory after victory after victory, exposing people, winning lawsuits, et cetera. But the problem right now in the world, as we've talked about, is that there's so much information that people are on their iPhones and on their laptops, and they're thinking with all this information, they're gonna get more truth, more freedom, more health. But as the results show, this is what's really going on. And that's why I shared that graph. More people are anxious and depressed. Children feel hopeless. 40% of the people wanna overthrow their government. Two and a half billion people are obese. So information is not the solution. And what you realize is the reason that it's getting here is because of forces of power, profit and control have their minions, their false gods, their false prophets, their avert uh, negative people. And they take information, they put it through the lens of ignorance, or they don't tell the truth at the right time, like Tucker Carlson never did, or Elon Musk is promoted as a false god. But once people understand this dynamic, they realize they're being led into desperation or complacency, or to choose the left or the right. But understanding this diagram itself is important because ignorance is not seeing the whole. And one of the important things for people to understand that people who are the machinery of ignorance are the people that are promoted as though they're telling the truth. I mean, people like Alex Jones and Al, uh, Joe Rogan are entertainers. They get people all hyped up. Tucker Carlson is a freaking entertainer. He lies. He tells the truth when he wants to tell it, even will talk, talk about that he's fighting evil. But it's all entertainment. Gurus or the left and the right or Trump, they do not do what needs to be done at the right time. That's what's important to understand. But the solution is also quite simple. The solution is we need to be able to see information through the lens of knowledge. And the lens of knowledge is the science of systems. The elites know the science. 
That's how they're able to manipulate people. Well, I learned that knowledge. And like Prometheus bringing fire to the earth, that's what we've done with this program. So people get wisdom. They get clarity. As Jill said, when you get clarity and you get that knowledge, you become active. You don't ask questions like, well, they're so powerful. I can't do anything. No, you realize that you are a force for change. You start becoming innovative. You start getting organized. But the central thing is people have to let go of this old system. They have to learn how to think. They have to want to be their own gurus, not look to others. And But they need the tools. So we've created those tools. And those tools are all of these components. And those components include a course, which I used to teach at MIT. We teach people what is a system. And you don't have to be a PhD. You don't have to be uh, some brainiac. You can just be yourself with, intel- with raw intelligence. And you'll learn what is a system. You'll understand the principles, the nine principles of all systems you can apply to your body, your health. You'll understand what is a system and a revolution. We give all these books as a part of this. You get to read scientific theory on the fact system science existed over 10,000 years ago. Um, Tomorrow, we'll be teaching a free course, absolutely free. You'll learn how your body is a system. You'll understand what kind of system you are, how you can understand how these particular systems throw, how things that you do to your own body throw you off course and have food, supplements, and exercises can bring you back. We've also, through the Cytosol Open Science Institute, we offer people the ability to understand how food is a system. Every twice, once in two months, uh, we teach people advanced lectures. We taught people how to meditate. You don't have to pay tens of thousands of dollars included. We also want people to learn, teach, and serve. You learn this, we want you to teach people at the local communities. I do these one-on-ones. But we have an incredible community, as Jill said, everywhere. We give you tools for activism so you get on the ground. You're not sitting on your butts. You do something. And then we've created tools that is independent of social media to communicate. So we've created this entire infrastructure. So that's what this is. This is an absolute movement for changing the world and to recognize that it's really up to you to shift your consciousness. I would not waste time talking about their greatness. I would talk about your greatness and what you can do. So anyway, um, I want to thank everyone for coming to this town hall. Uh, uh, Those people on the town hall here stay, John. I just want to sign off on StreamYard if that's okay, John.